This is our Pacific Northwest Music. We're going to be talking to local musicians, bands, talking about their passions and why they play such awesome music. Why would I ever want to miss this? Find us on Instagram or Facebook, Our PNW Music, or our website, ourpnwmusic.com. Skagit Valley, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the studio, Brittany Collins. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Hey, so I think we're, we, we're kind of doing a little pre-interview talk like we always do. And um, So is this your first like kind of interview then? Uh, yeah, I, this is like my first real interview. I've never been interviewed for radio. For sure, for yeah. like any in any 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 audio medium. Well, we're pretty new at this too. So. <laughs> we, some of us are, <laughs> not, not you. <laughs> um, well, I just kind of want to set the the kind of the mood for the listeners, right? So this is uh, Christine and I's first um, interview back uh, since basically the shutdown, and and you know just to let the listeners know, we were actually able to record. Um, it just seemed a little weird to me to do that, and even this. Um, yeah. So we are for the most part. Um, Brittany is about eight to ten feet away from Christine and I, and I'm about six feet away from Christine. And uh, anyway, so I just kind of want to lay that out there for the listeners. It's a it's a little funky, and um, but uh, Christine, can you kind of uh, maybe talk about um, you know maybe a song? Maybe we could bring uh, Brittany have Brittany play a song. Well, I, I think one of Brittany's newest songs, I think, is called "Be Brave." Right? Is that one of your newer ones? Yeah, that's okay. I because I I just love it. And you uh, on your podcast that you're doing or on your it's live streams, mm-hmm. you have a T-shirt that says "Be Brave." I know you'll talk about ah, that. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so I like to call it the T-shirt song because yeah. for a while I couldn't remember what it was. So <laughs> when I was trying to request it, I was like, you know that T-shirt song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about that and how that became? And yeah, totally. So um, "Be Brave" is an interesting song. I think it's it's very uh, timely, um, but it did. It wasn't it initially intended to be that way. Uh, so the origin of this song is uh, I actually uh, play a lot um, of summer events and summer boardwalk stuff, and you know the usual stuff that musicians get up to in the in the sunnier months. And there is an awesome company out of Mount Vernon, Washington called L Sage Designs. And they are super integral to the downtown scene in Mount Vernon. And they host a summer um, kind of river walk uh, market for makers. And they were having me play that market. And they were, um, they were compensating me, of course, but also throwing in uh, like a free T-shirt every time I'd play. And one of their designs is a really cool shirt that I absolutely love that uh, just said, Be Brave on it. And I just really liked that design. And it kind of became this little earworm in my head where I'd be like driving and just humming this melody uh, that was centered around this slogan. And then... Uh, I never kind of buckled down and wrote the rest of the song until we all got stuck at home, of course, because of COVID, and I found myself with a lot more writing time and ended up writing, you know, fleshing out this song called Be Brave. And I thought that it was kind of timely because it ended up being about, uh, you know, how strong we are together and that there's like strength in all of us, you know, standing up and, and deciding that we're going to do this thing, this social distancing thing, uh, no matter how unfun it is to try to protect each other. Uh, so that's that's kind of what the song is about and, and uh, inspired by the T-shirt. Uh, and it's called Be Brave. The world is strange. The world is cold. Sometimes you might not make it on your own. Stand up straight and put your hand in mine and take your seat on that road. Cause I know your way, I know the struggle, and you don't have to go alone. Cause we're gonna be brave, we're gonna be fearless, we're gonna fight the tide wherever it goes, and we're gonna be strong. We're gonna be tactless. We're gonna take the road a higher low. And we're gonna be brave.
thing uh gosh you know there's always so much after listening to the first song and everything i always have so many questions but uh one thing i just kind of want to bring out before we because we really want to dive into kind of who you are where you, where your roots are and whatnot um you're smiling a lot in your songs <laughs> and i just kind of wanted to bring you know bring that to the topic because uh, not saying that everybody in the studio hasn't done that but it was something i noticed I, is that something you always do I don't really notice a lot. I don't know what my face looks like usually when I'm playing, but, um, you know, I just know that um, one of the things I try to convey through my songs, I think sometimes I cover heavier topics, um, and I th the way I think about my songs is that um, I want to cover the range of the human experience. And just because you're talking about something that might be tough or sad or... or um, what have you doesn't mean that it can't be uplifting you know because uh, these things happen to all of us um and and are happening to all of us and so I don't know and and the other the other part of probably smiling while I play is just that I think if if you're not having fun like why are you playing music because yeah. <laughs> that's to me that's like the whole point and if I'm having fun hopefully the audience is having fun and and they're like along on the ride with me. Well, I think it helps for the audience too when, when people smile and have expression on their face because I, I tend to absorb it, you know, when I'm watching. So it just makes me happier. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would like to go, I would like to start talking about where you began at. How, how did you become interested in music? Yeah. Was it something that was played around your house? I mean, how big was oh, music gosh, in no. your family? Um, so, you know, I'm always like really jealous of people who, um, like came from musical families because I did not. Although, you know, my mom definitely like always had the radio on and stuff um, and she really likes music a lot. Um, I don't have anyone in my family that plays an instrument. In fact, uh, you know, I always kind of joke that like my, my parents, it took them a long time to figure out that music was something that I uh, wanted to do because like we were like a soccer playing family and like a basketball family and we would go to sports and I would go over to I remember from very young I would like go, we'd go over to friends houses and they would have pianos in the house and I just would like go sit myself with a piano that I didn't know how to play and I would just like make melodies up and make things up and my mom would be like okay that's enough of that let's go play outside <laughs> be <in> sports <laughs> yeah. yeah um but no, um, as I, you know, I, so I'm actually kind of a late bloomer to music. It was just something that I kind of did like on in hid in my room and did and didn't talk to anybody <laughs> about. Um, but my grandmother is the kind of the reason behind a lot of my taste in music. Um, so when I was really young, she started having like she was always listening to like Led Zeppelin and Janis Joplin and oh, Pink Floyd. So cool. And sh as I was like becoming oh, grandma, yeah, no, as I was becoming like grandma. a rowdy teenager <laughs> and becoming a total pain in my parents' butts, um, my grandma started giving me a lot of her records. Uh, awesome. And and so that like really, I just like started out getting really into that and I was really into punk as a teenager and 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 all of this like rock music um and then I started kind of like listening to the bands that those bands listened to 
you know, and like going backwards from that. And, and so that's like where a lot of my inspiration from music comes from. But I actually didn't start playing music until I was like in my early 20s. Like oh, I didn't wow. start playing as out as a musician uh, until like my early 20s. So besides the, the tinkering around with the piano at your friend's house, when was like the first, what was the first musical instrument? Was it the guitar that yeah. you picked up and started playing? Did you teach yourself? Did you take lessons? How did I, that work? I did take some lessons, but like I said, my, you know, my parents weren't really like, it wasn't that they weren't supportive. It was just that that wasn't in their realm of, like, things that, like, they knew about, you know? They knew, like, about sports and, and you know, <laughs> youth youth sports and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I begged them for a guitar when I was, like, 13 years old. And so they finally, like, caved and bought me an acoustic guitar and, like, I think it, like, three guitar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, it was kind of like, you're on your own, kid. And uh, and so, you know, I, I, I didn't really have a lot of confidence. And so I, like, didn't really start um, getting serious about it until, like, much later in my teens and early in my 20s. Do right. you remember, like, what was some of the first songs you were playing then? Like, cover, you probably would assume some sort of... Um, I actually, like, I I don't think at first I was good enough to learn any covers. I just was, like, making stuff up because it was all, like, all I knew how to, I knew, like, two. So you kind of started off as a songwriter then. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I started, like, fiddling. I wouldn't call them, I don't know, you know, if you would call them songs, they were, they were something, uh, with a melody behind them. But, yeah, I, I started writing songs and, um, and, uh, you know, just, really I originally started getting into guitar because it was just something to hide behind when I was singing because I was so shy about it interesting Uh, and then it just like slowly became like a part of me well you have a a gorgeous voice and people are going to hear that they haven't heard your music when they hear these songs here um were you like involved then in choir like in school since your parents were involved in music were you involved in any kind of music choir type stuff in school yeah I did choir and I always say that actually the reason what finally brought me out of my shell I think was actually musical theater um I I had done choir throughout school um nothing super serious I was too shy to be in band because you had to try out for band (laughs) and I was like I'm not trying out for anything like that they would like crush me if I didn't get I don't I think everybody gets a place in band but my teenage (laughs) mind thought like you know if you don't make it it's the end of the world um but uh yeah so um I did that, and then actually I had this horrible debilitating stage fright, which is part of the reason I couldn't do things like try out for band. And a friend of mine in our late teens said, dude, just go do, like, community theater. It's the most welcoming environment in the world. Everybody gets some kind of role. Yeah. Uh, and it was fantastic. I did like a couple community theater shows um, with Tag in Mount Vernon, yeah. and it really helped me like gain some confidence and and be comfortable on stage. and And it was around that time that I started doing open mics and right. playing shows of my own. And also because you're actually a creative person, being around all those other creative individuals yeah. probably really helped to bring stuff out. Did you did you have you always sang this beautiful, or is it something that you've worked at? Or <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. Uh, I def I've definitely been singing since I was a kid. It there probably is an element to it that's just like it you're like born with it. But um, you know, singing is is absolutely a craft that I've had to work at. You know, um your favorite singers were not just like born your favorite singers. You know, they may have been born talented, but every right. single you have to learn vocal control, you have to learn breath support, you have to learn how to be able to play a three and a half hour show in a bar um, <laughs> without like totally destroying your voice. And so I actually did take uh, around the time I was doing community theater, I took voice lessons for about a year um, with a really uh, phenomenal vocal coach. Uh, her name was Jamie Templeton, and she was actually from here from Bellingham. Um, and she's gone on to work with people much, uh, more important and bigger than myself, (laughs) but, um, you know, it really, it helped me define my like style as a singer. It also helped me learn the technique behind what I needed to accomplish so that I wasn't destroying my voice every night. All right. Well, um, before, you know, this is a music show, so we want to play some more music. Uh, We do definitely want to get back to that. So, um, Brittany Collins. Uh, the, the radio station says I have to say your name. <laughs> I forgot to do it on the first one. So, Brittany Collins, can you please tell me about your song, Two Worlds? Yeah, yeah, that's another new one, actually. Um, so, that song is uh, kind of was born of this 
idea that I think people always have that you are either one thing or another. And I always really rejected that idea, you know, um, cause it's like, I'm a musician and I'm a creative person, but I'm also uh, a list maker and I'm very like, I overly communicate and I'm, you know, I, I, um, and generally good at like reaching out to people and standing up, st- holding up to my commitments and things like that. So like, you know, um, I think that you can absolutely be in both worlds. And I think a lot of us are. And for me, you know, I come from a rural place. I love living in a rural place. Um, uh, but I also really have always loved being in the city. And as a musician, you know, I spend a lot of time traveling between my home uh, and and the city. And I think people are people in the city are always kind of a little bit snarky about about you know making the drive out to to the the boonies and people in the sticks are always a little bit snarky about people from the city but i love both of those things you know and i love being a a you know a musician who also is a punctual person and i love being you know a rural person that goes into the city and and i think that those um those like disparate dichotomies are are really interesting and so that was the inspiration behind the song two worlds take the bus halfway home from the city Drive till the cars become trees Buildings and lights sure are pretty This mountain is home to me And I'm living in two worlds Got the wind in my back So show me your city Take me down that dirt track I'll be wandering these hills forever Just as soon as I pack is when you really started um, performing music, correct? What was uh, the first song that you ever wrote? Oh, man. So the first song that I wrote as a solo musician was a song called As I Am. Um, And I don't play it very often in my set anymore. Um, It's, like, more rock-influenced. And 
so yeah, that was that was the first song that I wrote like as a solo performer. The first real song that I wrote, the first song that I felt like was fully fleshed out. Right. And, um, and that was actually on my first EP that I did. Um, and and uh, and I played it in my set for a really long time. How, how many EPs have you done? Totals? Just I've just, just done one? The, the one EP, and I'm currently currently working on a on a full length album. I, I know this gets kind of out of order, but uh, and those is that available to listen to on all the streaming uh, services, or how do people get at it? Uh, it used to be on iTunes, but I'm actually uh, working on getting all my stuff switched over because I switched distributors. So um, I my plan is to have it available on streaming very soon. Um, and then when my full album comes out, that'll be available to purchase on, on iTunes and all the other sites that people buy music from. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, tell us about your music writing. Um, what's your, uh, prog- uh, what's your process? Uh, it's evolved a lot since I first, since I wrote my first song, but, um, usually for me, it starts with a melody, um, and lyrics. From the guitar or, or uh, vocal melody? A vocal melody usually sometimes it's like with uh, the great northwest that started with just a riff that i was playing a lot um and i was just fiddling around with it it's actually working on my finger picking and just like fiddling around uh and then just ended up playing this this riff a lot and that turned into the song but for most of my songs it starts out as um it, it'll start out as a vocal melody and lyrics and then i usually will write a guitar part around that and then uh come up with like the verses or the chorus uh around around the initial melody that was written so what you said it's evolved then what did Mm -hmm. it used to be then well it used to be just uh i mean when i was first starting out playing guitar it was kind of it was it was tough because getting what's in your head onto paper is (laughs) a huge challenge and uh and so i would i would hear a melody in my head and it would take me you know a while to be able to figure out what the chords around that were supposed to be now like i said i play more and all like i will maybe just start with a guitar riff and then write a melody to that and that's that happens more frequently now or i might even sit down and say like i'm like thinking about a topic and i kind of know what the story of the song is and i'll write um, a melody around that. Whereas it used to just kind of like come to me. Now I'm more intentional about like the songs I write. Do you journal? I do. Yeah. Like freehand. You know, I mean, nowadays everybody's with their phones and their notes. No. Yeah, I do actually. I, I've, I have been had varying commitment to my journaling over the years, but in the last year or two, especially I've, I, I pretty much journal almost daily, if not several times a week. Um, and a lot of the times it's just lists. Sometimes it's like my goals for what I want to accomplish in my music or my, you know, my personal life. Um, and a lot of the times, like I said, um, you know, a song will come of that where I'll, I'll have kind of a story that I want to tell and I'll shape the song around that story. Kind of, I guess where I was kind of going with that is, um, I don't know, I guess I was, I was just all of a sudden got a flash of Eminem. Uh, you know, on the movie where he's sitting there <laughs> erasing out lyrics and writing lyrics on the bus and stuff. I mean, is that have you ever done that sort of songwriting? I absolutely have written songs on the bus. Um, <laughs> it, actually, Two Worlds was written in my head on the bus. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I, like, went home and wrote the guitar riff for it. Um, I write a lot in the car in my head. Um, so, like, that's why a lot of stuff will start out as, like, one part of a verse and then I'll just kind of sing that over and over again and then by the time I you know get to wherever I'm going it's turned itself into a full verse and then when I get home I write the chords for it you know Uh, you have a good memory then to be able to do that I don't think I would be able to do that (laughs) (laughs) well since you started talking about how the uh the great northwest Mm -hmm. song started to come out let's talk about that and then we can play yeah absolutely yeah the great northwest that's one of the older songs that's going to end up being on the album that I'm working on right now. Uh, this song, as I mentioned, was uh, originally started out as a riff that I was just playing because I was working on my finger picking. And then I ended up really liking it and, and playing it over and over again. And I started, this was one of those songs that I wrote kind of around, a, I had a story in my head that I wanted to tell about being from this place that's so beautiful. And, um, you know, I've traveled a lot and, and I'm always really excited to travel. And I always think when I'm somewhere else, like, this is amazing. This is the best place that you can be. And then I go home and I'm like, nope, I'm still really happy that I'm from the Northwest. I love being home. 
All right, well, that was Brittany Collins, and she was playing her song, The Great Northwest. And um, <laughs> did you have a question for her based on that? I just, she Christine? started talking about uh, traveling to other places, and I want to know about her travel history. Uh, yeah, so I, I um, was very fortunate to grow up uh, with a family that liked to travel, um, even though, uh, you know, my parents were on a modest income and had three mouths to feed you know they would drive us around in their van and and take us to Idaho and Montana and and you know no matter how much we whined about it <laughs> and um and and my my grandfather had a really interesting job he actually was a union negotiator uh back in the day and uh in order to do that they would fly him all around the country and he got to keep his miles so his favorite thing to do was like to travel and so and they were able to do it relatively inexpensively because he had like millions of airline miles and so he actually him and my grandmother um would take us on trips uh and so you know when i was a kid i was really fortunate in that i had probably flown in a plane like you know three or four times by the time i was 10 which was a little unusual um 
but yeah, and and I try to make a point of going somewhere else to another part of the country or the state or something at least once a year uh, just to kind of remind myself of like what other places are like and what's going on there. It's funny that people almost forget um, like your song um, just how amazing our state is and how and the oceans and the you know yeah. and the, the mountains and whatnot like you're saying um, and and that's kind of what we do. I know I'm getting personal about myself all of a sudden, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we travel around our state a mm -hmm. lot because it is, it's just the great Pacific Northwest. You yeah. Know, so. You know, I don't think I really understood when I was younger, just how unique of an area this is to be from. Um, you know, I, I grew up, some of the first concerts I went to were at the Gorge, which is basically a <laughs> like, I, 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 I've talked to bands who play there, and they're like, I can't believe this is a real place. Like, it's, it, it's so beautiful. It's, it should be a national monument. Yes. I mean, you know, you're in a concert venue that basically is in one of, in my opinions, like the most beautiful places in the world. Yes. And that's three hours away from my house. I mean, like, you really can't beat that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we, I, my fiance is a fisherman, so we get out into the San Juans a ton, and, and, I, who you know where else in the world do you have these beautiful islands and this ocean like mere hours away from you and another country a couple you know a border a national border a couple of hours away and and the desert and it, you know it's like it really in a temperate rainforest you know like you can't <laughs> exactly. go anywhere else and have all of those things in driving distance of you <laughs> well, let's let's go back just a little bit and kind of talk about when you were first really starting to play yeah um You'd mentioned that you were um, doing the music, musical, uh, or, or I forget your wording. Yeah, um, I was doing like musical theater. Yeah, musical yeah. theater. And uh, how did you then go from there to getting up on stage by yourself to play, or were you by yourself, and, and how'd that work out? Yeah, so um, I uh, have always been a little bit of a, a like weird loner kid. Like, I always kind of want to like... You look like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I, I'm like, I just am very private about my projects that I'm working on, and I'm learning to be more collaborative and like work with other musicians. But yeah, so I've, I've, I've naturally gravitated towards being a solo musician. And... Um, and um, I, when I was doing musical theater, actually was around the same time I started doing open mics. And so open mics were the way that I, like, it's kind of a very low pressure environment, right? Most of the people that you're performing to are other musicians or comics or whatever. Um, and, and especially, you know, when you're, when you're young, I think people are super supportive of that. Uh, you know, and so I never had anybody be like, you suck, you know, <laughs> fortunately, even though I did suck, like I'm a hundred percent confident. I was not very good. And I'm always really like, I think back on like the people that were just so nice to me when I was so bad, like, and I'm very, like, it warms my heart. I'm very grateful for that. So but what, where, what venues were you doing that at then? So, uh, gosh, I mean, I did like the underground coffee house at Western, um, was like the first ever open mic I did. I think there was a Ristretto coffee lounge in <laughs> Mount Vernon, um, was like the first place. I think they were the first place that ever booked me. Um, and, uh, I don't, I don't remember a hundred percent if that's true. Um, but there was a lot of coffee houses. There was a lot of like just playing like literally anywhere that people would allow me to like set up my guitar uh and, and I think that that really just like wanting to play as often as possible for me um that's how I became a better musician because like unless there's somebody I'm trying to get better for I like have a hard time motivating myself and so that's how I kind of like keep myself honest it's by just playing in front of people a lot because it that's doesn't true. leave you any any room to <laughs> And, and I was going to say, the, the musical community, or at least around here, is so supportive of, yeah. of each other. I mean, we know a, a lot of bands, a lot of musicians, yeah. and they're all friends with each other. They go to watch each other play. Um, I've seen you at other shows, you know, mm -hmm. watching other musicians. And so I can see doing open mic if you are just doing it there in front of musicians and comics, mm -hmm. how supportive that would be. And, and for anybody listening who wants to get involved, I mean, that's that's a good way to do it is go to open mic, meet people, talk about mm -hmm. their experiences and, and whatnot. Well, kind of walk us through a little bit more into that because I, I, that really intrigues me. I, we haven't really talked to anybody that's done straight open mic as their, at least 
that has told us that. Um, yeah. What? Uh, so did you go in originally the very first time? Did you have one song? Was it, you know, did you have a couple songs? Were they covers? Were they originals? And then how did that progress? Oh, I mean, both. Um, you know, I had, I'd have like one or two songs and I was not very good at guitar. Um, but again, that was like, that's like how you get better, you know, is by performing in front of people. And, um, and for me, uh, it, that small amount of encouragement, like, I don't know why. I used to joke that like, um, I used to get so nervous when I would play music that it literally, like, every time I was about to play a show, I would, like, have this, like, crisis, like, quarter-life crisis mm. of, like, why am I doing this? Uh. This is the most stressful thing I could possibly put myself through. There is no rhyme or reason to it, and I cannot possibly explain what made me keep playing, even though it made me, it, like, made me more anxious than anything had ever made me. And I, at the end of it, you know, especially when you're first starting out and you're not very good, like all I would do at the end of a gig is beat myself up like oh, that. No. That sounded bad. And I didn't do that right. And I don't know why what compelled me to keep playing music. But like the more comfortable I got and the more I played, uh, the more I finally was able to start like feeling comfortable with it. And that's when it gets really fun. You know, and and I feel like I'm I'm like there to entertain people and just like help them relax after a long day or have a good time, you know, and that feels really good. Um, I don't think I used to think that I was like necessarily giving anybody anything, but the more I play, the more I'm like, this is fun for all of us. We're just like all here to have a good time, and I just want to make sure that other people are like having a good time when they're there to see me. Otherwise, if you're not like if people aren't having a good time when they're watching you play, why are you playing? Because like right. to me, that's the whole point of music is exactly. to like bring joy to people and like exactly yeah. So so you're doing. I want to talk about the COVID thing also, but mm -hmm. before we do that, one of the songs that that you play a lot in your live streams mm -hmm. is Adria, and yeah. I love that song. Um, can you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, absolutely. Adria is a really special song to me. So um, for people that don't know, I um, am and have been a social worker. Um, and, uh, the song, the song Adria was written about a woman that I met, um, while I was working, uh, who was, um, she had been in a, a car accident. She was living out of her car, uh, and the hospital discharged her without any shoes in a hospital gown and she had nothing. Her home, which was her car, had been destroyed. Um, and she, uh, and I and I talked to her, um, and she was just trying to put together some clothes. Uh, and I've, I really was inspired by this woman who literally had nothing in the world to her name and still was just trying to be so positive and was just still soldiering on and you know we're gonna figure it out and and um and it really inspired me and I really thought about you know I did what I could for her and got her some some basic s supplies and and she was just so grateful for the smallest amount of kindness and it just really made me think about I think sometimes as human beings, we take for granted how much we can impact each other's lives. Uh, and so that, that really, like, I just, um, she, that encounter with her, although it was relatively brief, really stuck with me. And I went home that night and I wrote the song. Adria, you're cold and alone and I'm so sorry, girl. Life has been so cold to you. And Adria, I wrote this one for you.
All right, well, we're here in the KMRE radio station with Brittany Collins, and she just did one of her tunes there called Adria. Uh, thanks for playing that. That was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, truly, it's one of the best parts of the show. It's fun to get to know artists, but then to almost have like a like a private little concert in exactly. here. Exactly. It's pretty <laughs> neat. So that is really cool. And, and so um, what, a, what a cool, touching yeah. thing. And, and that's one of the reasons why I love when artists tell – the meaning of their songs. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything against people that don't because I think it's also kind of cool to let people figure that out. Yeah. Um, but man, when you talk about that song before playing it and then to hear those lyrics and yeah. it really does make, it, it highlights um, just how touching it is. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was. it's like I said, it's a really special song to me um, and I just wanted to put into words you know, the way that it made me feel, which is that, you know, um, people can bring value into your life just with their stories and with their, their time and their presence. And, you know, sometimes, um, we need to remember that, that we can, we all have different things to contribute. And sometimes what you have to contribute is just a seat at your table. And sometimes it's a story. It's amazing. Well, you know, usually I like to talk about, well, what's going to be in the future? Right now, we're <laughs> so, we don't really know what's going yeah. on. There can, is no I future. Wish I, could, yeah, I, wish I, could I mean, are we going to be here in a month? Um, can you tell us about COVID and how that has yeah. changed and, and what you're doing and how you're evolving yeah. through this process? It's been a strange time. Um, I, I try to set goals for myself. Um, I always try to like aim high. So every, every year I try to reflect on like, what do I want to be doing more of this year? I don't, I'm not the kind of person that says like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or I'm going to get booked at this venue, but I try to set goals for like things that I can control. So, um, this year, you know, I really, my goal was to, play an average of a show a week, you know, 52 shows in a year. Because playing is, for me, I think that the more you play as a musician, the more engaged you are with your audience, the better of a performer you are. Um, and then uh, very quickly uh, on in this year, that became uh, clear to me that that was, uh, you know, not going to happen in the traditional mm, sense. Yeah. Um, I it's, it's really strange because, you know, as a musician, you're booking shows like two, three months in advance, especially summer. You've got your summer lined right. up usually by like March. And it, that was really like normally in March is when I'm like corresponding with uh, summer festivals or like talking to venues that I've played at, like about what they've got like going the on in the summer. Like yeah, the right. Yeah, yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're, you're corresponding, you're putting feelers out, you're starting to feel things um, – building a little bit usually in the early like in the late winter uh and it was very strange because it was very abruptly all of that stopped and uh everybody stopped booking shows and all of the shows that I had you know booked two months ahead of time were suddenly canceled and and that was like literally I think I had five shows booked in March and I didn't play any of them um and and that's a really strange feeling. And I mean, that's, it's, it's small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. Sure. I'm happy to be healthy and to have a roof over my head and, and that everybody in my immediate circle is, you know, safe and, and relatively protected from this, but it still feels super weird. Um, and, uh, so I've been kind of having to like rethink what it looks like to be a musician. I think all <laughs> musicians are rethinking that right now. For me, what I chose to focus on was um, social media and really finding ways that I could try to still perform for people, even though um, it's in a different way. So I've been doing a weekly live stream where I like I, I try to be really like I take all of the requests that I'm capable of, of <laughs> hammering together in a in a loose time frame um, because I just want to like make people feel good and, and happy and maybe forget about their troubles for an hour. Um, and so I've been doing that. And I've also been recording uh, videos from my home um, and working on kind of getting my, my home studio set up going uh, so that I can record weekly videos and post them for people to watch and, and interact with. Um, 
And, uh, you know, as it's as things are are continuing to settle and and people are reevaluating, it's it's very likely that, uh, you know, this might be the first summer um, that I can recall that I that I won't go to a show. I won't play a show. I, you know, since I was basically like 12 years old, I haven't I haven't gone six months without going to a show that's like yeah. un it's it feels foreign to me <laughs> yeah well i'm kind of curious um <clears throat> as somebody who loves to go to shows and watch people like yourself mm-hmm. um which i haven't had the pleasure to because i just met you right before all this <laughs> happened but uh um anyway um i'm kind of curious that, that was kind of strong words mm-hmm. um and i know it's a reality uh especially it has been for the past two months or whatever it's been mm-hmm. um are you worried about that because you've talked to venues um, or are you looking ahead at the schedule and just saying there's just no way with these five steps or four steps our governor's doing or how is that working well, out in your head then? You know, I just, I'm, I think that as a musician, I try to be realistic, but yeah, I have talked to venues. I have heard, I mean, I've, I've seen that most of the major festivals uh, in, uh, in and around the Seattle area have been canceled. Most of the festivals that, like, I would normally be on my radar that I would either play or be going to or have friends that were playing at that I might go, you know, um, join them on uh, have been canceled. Uh, the city of Bellingham announced that all of its events for the whole summer, uh, you know, um, vendors have to reapply for permits for so we really don't know that that's happening and you know from just from my perspective I, I I think that when places start to reopen we know that that is initially going to be limited capacity and even after venues reopen I think it's they're going to be struggling um and belts are going to be tightening and it's very possible and probable that a lot of smaller venues, which is a singer-songwriter or kind of my bread and butter, are just not going to be booking acts because it's just not going to be in their budget. Um, well, since you're talking about that, uh, one, one quick question. Um, what, what are the venues you like the most? Um, you know, because, oh well, no, I mean, it's cool to highlight those. And yeah, especially no, since sure. right now um, we can't go to them, but also <laughs> we don't know how many of those are going to be able to pull yeah. out of this. Yeah. You know, and uh, honestly, my heart goes out to the venues like around here because we have so many venues that are really, really supportive of the acts that play for them. Um, there's a lot of crappy venues out there, but there's so many more really good venues that really are for the musicians. And I, I can't talk about any venue in the Northwest without giving a shout out to Coulson, uh, because they, um, they started booking me when I was still a very fledgling musician and I was, my set was still super rough and they just like trusted me that I could put together a two hour set, you know, once a month. And they let me play there. I mean, I probably played at Colshan every second Wednesday of the month for two and a half years. And I really credit being able to do that, like, for my development as a musician. Because it really starts to feel like home. And when you're playing those shows where it's super laid back, people are just there to come hang out with you, like, and and hear your music, and it's no pressure. That's when you can really start to, like, experiment as a musician and, and play something that you wouldn't normally play or test out a new song. And and so I 100% props to Coulson. If anybody in the area has any opportunities to support Coulson, absolutely do. Um, they make good beer. They make good, you know, they they put on awesome trivia nights and and, good, and they always have good food trucks. So I and, – and um, another venue in the area that I especially really like uh, is Stone's Throw. Uh, I've played there a lot also as a musician and, and they actually, I played, uh, one of my biggest shows last year, probably my biggest show last year was their, um, endless summer block party, which was like the, to probably the most fun show like I've ever played is just a blast. Um, and, uh, and the Wooly Market out in Cedar mm-hmm. Wooly, you know, those guys work their butts off and, um, Chris works really, you know, has, uh, worked really hard to put together an awesome sound setup over there um, and really a home for all of the amazing talent that is around the Skagit area. Um, it's like the only real, I mean, 
there are there are places to play in Skagit County, but the Woolly Market is is like really for musicians. They've got a beautiful setup there, mm-hmm. and they treat musicians really well. And and yeah, so there are obviously like a million more that I could mention, but those are you know the my hometown venues. Right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm my my hope is <laughs> that when things do start opening up, that maybe some of the musicians will just play for tips, you know, just to yeah. get people out back yeah. out to these small venues. Cause obviously, like you said, the venues aren't going to be able to yeah. pay, pay you guys. So that's my fingers crossed and that people will go to those shows and will tip. Yeah. So it makes it worth everyone's time and yeah. give the business, you know, and, and maybe we can start building up some of the businesses again yeah. that way. For sure. Yeah. And it's a two way street, you know, I mean, um, it's really what you need is you need people going out and spending their money and not only tipping musicians, but buying, you know, if you're at all able, you know, buy from small local companies because they're the ones that need it the most right now. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm relatively fortunate in that if there are venues that are booking this summer, I think it's mostly going to be singer songwriters. So for my part, um, I'm working on a project, you know, I, I'm taking this as an opportunity to really be working on putting together a, a full length album. And as soon as uh, we're allowed to, we're going to head into the studio. Um, and I, my hope is to really try to use that to employ some of the musicians around the area Great. that normally would be on tour this summer or, you know, playing for bigger acts. Oh, um, that sounds fun. And so, you know, I'm hoping that it's going to be, I'm really excited about the project, and um, normally I would never conceive of making a full-length album in the summer because that's when everybody is really busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's I'm, – I'm hopeful that it'll give people some things to look forward to and a fun project to work on. Do you have anybody on board yet that you've talked to, or are you just <sighs> – I have some people – That you're willing on to – Come on, yeah, no, come I have, on. I have some, some people – yeah, um, you know, my friend Nick Taylor uh, runs Bellingholm Music Studio – uh, and school, and uh, and he's a phenomenal advocate for the local music community. He's a great teacher, um, and so we're planning on recording there. Uh, and I, I've got some some session players in my back pocket that I'm t- in <laughs> talks with. Right Excellent. I wanted to say to you. Uh, I think we have time for one more song. Okay. Just based on we've been talking for a long time, <laughs> so I I'd like to play a studio one of your studio versions of one of your songs. Okay. Um, if that's okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. So maybe you could talk about the song Demons. I, we actually played it on the podcast before. Yeah. And you were on the podcast for a very short moment yeah. and the radio too. So <laughs> anyway, but yeah, talk about Demons a little bit. Um, Yeah. So Demons is a one of the older songs that I wrote um, as a solo musician to this day. I think it's like one of my favorite songs that I've written. It's kind of funny because I wrote it very quickly um, in, you know, at like late at night on a Friday night just hanging out. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun to play with a full band because it's a super high-energy song, so I'm really excited to record it with a full band. And, uh, you know, it's just about... I think people like to romanticize, like, what being with a musician is like. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> most people probably don't think of think that you know like uh, you know the the those su- really deep songs generally come from a a person that overthinks a lot and ha- you know <laughs> is is probably annoying to live with some <laughs> some of the time so that's what the song is about. What are you trying to say? Yeah, like? right. <laughs> I'm saying the musicians are a pain in the butt to live with. That's what I'm saying. But. Uh, but yeah, so you know that's that's what the song is about, and it just kind of was meant to be a little bit self-depreciating, and like, you know, we all got our demons. <laughs> oh, my baby, don't know why my song's so sad. Oh, it came for us a good life. Because my past keeps catching 
back with Brittany Collins. Um, we just kind of talked about the whole COVID situation. One thing I want to tell people is that on this whole live stream thing started, but you were like one of the pioneers of it. You've been there <laughs> weekly from the beginning. Yeah. How many weeks in a row now has it been? That oh you've man, done? Like I don't know. Eight I mean, or nine or 10 or like eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? I just, like I said, like pretty much as soon as all this started happening, like I had gigs lined up like all through March, like two, one, you know, two a week. Uh, so pretty much right away, I was like, well, what am I going to do this weekend? Um, and I, I actually can't take credit for the idea because I, some of my favorite like indie musicians, like immediately were like going online and doing live streams. And I was like, well, I can do that. Like, why don't I just play a show on my Facebook page? Right. Yeah. So uh, you're, I just want to tell people, you, you, you've also been really regular about the date and time, because I, I noticed some musicians are changing dates, yeah. uh, changing days of the weeks, but you're always on Friday at yeah. 7, um, so that people know they can tune in to the yeah. Brittany Collins Band Facebook page yeah. to hear you. Uh, one of the things that I, I've heard from you and some of the other musicians is, in a way, this has been a, a way to get to know some of your uh, listeners, mm -hmm. because you're able to interact with them in a way that you're not able to interact with people when you're playing live. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool because, you know, uh, nobody wants – well, I hope nobody wants to be that guy that's, like, trying to talk to the band. It has to be a guy. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's rude. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm one of those people. Every, every inanimate objects and people are I'm all dude kidding. or guy. <laughs> like, every <laughs> – but, um, yeah, so nobody wants to be, you know, like talking to the band while they're playing, right? You hope that nobody does that while you're playing. It's kind of obnoxious. But um, <laughs> but when you're playing a live stream, it's totally different. As the comments are coming in, you know, people are telling you, oh, I really like this song, or I want to hear this other song next. And it's really a cool format because it's not annoying. It's like it's, you know, it's it's they're still listening to you, and they're like, it's almost like, I, it's like nothing else you can do as a musician in any other format. Somebody yelling out requests to you in the middle of your set would be like, at best, something you ignore. Right, <laughs> and right. At worst, something that's like. Not going to play like, that one at all. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, like in your live stream, it's awesome. I, I encourage it. I love it when people send me requests. And if it's something I don't know, I always try to play it like the next time around. Um, and people will tell me like, where they're from and they're tuning in from another state or another country and people like uh my a really close friend of mine had a baby during all of this and she tuned in a couple of weeks ago with her newborn son and it was his first show oh that's and so like cool. if this was real life and i was playing at colshan that probably wouldn't yeah. have happened <laughs> you, know? Well, you know earlier we were too off air we were talking about the negatives of uh, yeah. social media yeah and 
you know, we weren't really discussing the positives, and that's kind of yeah. interesting as we're talking now because um, maybe also they could, uh, your fans mm -hmm. um, uh, can ask you questions maybe they wouldn't in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had people um, send me messages, like, a lot on Facebook after a live stream mm. just saying, like, wow, I, I just happened to see your live stream and I never knew about you and, That's like, great. I'm a huge oh, fan now. That's awesome. Um, I had somebody from, I don't even know how he found out about my live stream or, like, what, but he was in one night and he requested a song and I played it, didn't know this person, and afterwards, this, is, this guy was from uh, Boston, <laughs> somehow he was watching my live stream and he ended up being the first person to buy uh my new t-shirts when they were released on my oh, website wow. and i so i sent him a t-shirt with a handwritten note you know thanking him and whatever and he had actually sent me a request a couple weeks later uh and i learned a song for him and and, you know, it's, that's just the kind of experience that doesn't – you don't get that experience playing live. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of downsides right. <laughs> to the social media thing, but there's a lot of upsides too. Right. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I know Christine was about to just ask you another question, <laughs> and that's fine. We love it, but we could go on forever, and our time's up. And we got, we got to call it because we haven't been in the studio. We want to just keep going. We want <laughs> no, to talk right. to you all day. I, but, I haven't uh, left my house. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I just want to say, Brittany Collins, thanks so much for coming on. Thank and you guys for having me. We you. really appreciate it. And, and congratulations on being the first interview back. Woo! Yeah. Happy to be here. So. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to our Pacific Northwest music. Hope you enjoyed it. Check us out next week. Thanks so much to our friends Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever. That was the track you heard at the start. And here it is again. Wouldn't want to miss this off the album Oceans of Trouble. Go check it out. They're from Cedro Wood. Ooh, you wouldn't want to miss this.